Yo. Oh, Lily. I <laughs> Morty's coming. Y'all should come come join. If anyone wants to to jump in and just share their initial thoughts, love to have everybody participate. But for all of you who are coming in, I think this is gonna be hilarious. Okay, I just sent you an invite, Lily. But, oh, man, I'm dying to hear your opinion. Just looking at, so for those of you who are just doing it, well, you guys all have seen it, but basically Google releases this this update <laughs> that they're going to do next week where they're basically going to say create more helpful content. They have specific, Are you were you able to get it, uh, Lily? Did that work? Invite to speak. Let me see if I can get this. Hopefully, hopefully Lily will be able to join us. But I just, I just want to talk about, you know, what you all think this means. So basically, Google did an update um, where they're going to roll it out next week, and it's all about this idea of helpful content. So let me, let me bring this up. So they're saying uh, Google Search is always working to better connect people to helpful information. To this end, we're launching what we're calling the Helpful Content Update. That's part of a broader effort to ensure people see more original, helpful content written by people for people in search results. My first instinct is the intentions are great, right? The intentions are going to be what we all as SEOs ask about, that you don't just get ranked because of your backlinks or your reputation or gaming the system because you're putting a bunch of crap up there and trying to, you know, manipulate, you know, the reason we all like SEOs have a bad name. But this is going to have, I, I it's, you just got to think it's going to have so many unintended consequences that are going to be really awful and really impact uh, different businesses. Okay, Morty is here. Morty, see if you're able to join me. Can you all hear me okay? Can you give me like a little emoji if you can hear hear what I'm saying, just to make sure that I'm not just like talking silently here. Hello, hello, Morty, sir. Hey, hey, I'm here. <laughs> By the way, like my, my kids, I'm on vacation. So like my kids might find me and like crash this party any minute now. <laughs> totally fair. And if anyone else wants to join and like share their thoughts on this, like this update that, that Google just put out, I'd love to hear everyone's opinion. My, my wife's in a meeting in our office. So I'm like sitting on my bed right now being, but I'm like, we, we got to chat about this. So Morty first for, did you know this is coming? Are you, are you buddies with Danny? Did Danny kind of give you a heads up and be like, Oh, by the way, yeah, rolling yeah this right. Out? I wish. <laughs> I mean, I, I've been kind of thinking that something's coming at some point because the core updates to me have kind of gone sort of stale. I, you know, the same sort of things you're looking at happening in the algorithm, I don't know, a year, year and a half ago were kind of happening still. And back in the day, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020, when they were like the height of the core update, you'd pop in there, analyze a couple of things, like walk out like, wow, that's completely new and, and you know, earth shattering or earth breaking. I haven't felt that way in a while. And the bunch of data I'm looking at from Semmer from a while back kind of shows that the core updates have sort of been falling off a little bit in terms of their overall potency. So I kind of thought something was coming. And I'm kind of happy it's this, to be honest with you. Well, okay, here, let me ask you this. On a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you that whatever this update intends to do, that it will successfully surface helpful content and demote unhelpful content are you, are you trying to get me killed by people 
I, I'm, I'm curious. I'm like, I okay. Like my, honestly, my instinct is there's no way in hell that this is going to have a positive impact on most businesses. I, I think it's going to have a negative impact on a lot of business. I think it might take Google a couple of tries to get this right. And I think, by the way, like the last product review update was related to this. I think product review updates in general related to this is why in the language they combined um, firsthand experience using a product and in-depth knowledge around a topic in the same sentence. Because what I think they were doing around product review updates was trying to profile language structures. For example, um, I think Lily Ray talked about, she saw something very similar as well. When, when you, I don't know, you, you have a vacuum cleaner and you never used a darn thing before. And you're just listing pros and cons. So, you know, pro uh, handles hardwood well. Con doesn't do well on carpet. It's very linear. There's not a lot of modification in the language. But when you've actually used something, you tend to you have a little bit more nuance in the language structure. So, for example, something like um, great on carpet, but not for pet hair. So that nuance in the language structure creates an entirely different language structure. And when I, when I tweeted about this update coming out, one of the things I said, if you're an actual content writer, you know a hundred percent that there's a totally different language structure when you're writing something that's pretty nuanced versus like, you know, some of your typical web fluff. So I kind of figured that the product review ups are doing something like this. I kind of figured they were trying something like this with the last product review update and something went wrong with it. Now it kind of makes a little bit more sense that this thing's coming out right after that. And they're rolling out a product review update right after this thing. Okay, so I mean that that I've been I'm actually surprised they're going this route because I thought they were trying to really focus on fixing e-commerce and this feels more prolific. This feels like more than a core update, um, but maybe that's just because it's so ambiguous. And welcome everyone who's joining us. If anyone else wants to hop in and participate in the conversation, would love to have other voices in here because the whole SEO Twitter community, you know, is just going to like flip their lids about, you know, whatever this next week, couple of weeks is going to mean, especially as we do, you know, kind of lead into the holiday season, especially for e-commerce, but in general. Um, I, so here's my question, my other question to you, Morty, based on what you're saying is like, I don't, I didn't see any reference to mum in the blog post. Do you think like all the context that mum brings to the table will have an impact on this? Or do you think that's completely separate of whatever this update intends to do? I mean, Google's been pretty transparent about when they've used MUM and integrated into the algorithm. Do I think MUM as a technology and what it can do aligns to this? Yeah, obviously. But I don't know. Look, I, I'm going to take them at their word when MUM is not or is, is or is not integrated into the algorithm. But something you were saying before is really interesting about the product review updates. I kind of looked at the product review updates as a precursor or something like this. Meaning you're taking a oh. – forget – yeah, it's just product review pages. But if you think about it, it's really going after the listicle kind of thing, right? You know, uh, five best refrigerators that you should buy today. It's, it's, you can take what they're doing with that and extrapolate that out to all other kinds of web content, particularly a listicle, which to me, and I don't know, maybe I'm going on a, on a limb saying this, is like, you know, basically like the, the bread and butter of crap content. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't think you're wrong, especially in the e-commerce like affiliate world absolutely yeah and then you now you can apply whatever you learn from that now you can apply it to any listicle whether it be a product review in the e-com or whether it be about i don't know you know the best basketball techniques for 2022 well here the other thing that i was noticing re regarding e-commerce is it did seem like google 
in all these product review updates was kind of pushing a lot more e-commerce results into the search results, regardless of search intent. And part of me thinks that this is trying to kind of, you know, fix that as well as trying to get, or do you think, do you think this has anything to do with, with search intent in general and being able to more effectively get the best, like what is helpful content in your mind? I mean, so that's a great question. I don't, I don't have an answer to that to me. I'll define it as quality content is nuanced content. And this sort of thing where you're going to cast it, they say it in the post, right? If you're casting a large you know, net trying yeah. to pull in traffic with your content. Like this is what we're going after. Good content is targeted content. It has a particular, most businesses or most websites or most model of any kind, you have a particular kind of audience you're going after. Obviously, they can be multifaceted, but in general, right, there's a particular audience you're going after, which means you need a particular kind of content, and you're going to do that on a particular website, meaning you have site identity. So you have a, a site that's meant to do X, therefore it talks about X, and it talks about X to you know, X people. That's just the way good content goes. That's because it's just targeted. It's, you know, I hate to use the term like long tailish. And I think this sort of like ultimate guide to everything kind of content, I think that's really what they're trying to go after. But there's some other amazing people listening in here. Like, come on. Amanda Jordan, yeah. I see you're in here. Patrick Stocks is in here. Come on. Pedro no Diaz. Hey, no, no one's obligated, but we're more than welcome. We would love to have anyone join us um, and kind of share their initial thoughts on this. Who, if you had to guess, Morty, what types of websites do you think will be impacted the most by whatever update comes out over the next couple of weeks? I think it's it. Look, if Google gets this right, which I don't know if they'll be able to do um, immediately. I think if they get it right, it can impact really like everybody. Because we've been in, we've been incentivized to create such bad content for so long. There's really the whole incentivization incentivization cycle. Is that a real word? I don't know. It's completely broken. Like if you go back in the day, Google was only able to do X technologically, which meant that, okay, if I do Y with my content, this will get rewarded, even though it's not great content. So why create the good content? Then I, I'm, there's no incentivization to really do that from a search engine perspective. Now that obviously like that's been slowly breaking down and Google's been able to do more with analyzing content per se, which should incentivize you to create better content, though it really hasn't, because that cycle is a long lasting cycle. It's gonna take a very long time for that to happen, which by the way, I think is the reason why you have a lot of these major websites coming out and saying like the New Yorker writing articles like, yeah, Google results aren't great. Google's actually been on top of this opinion. They've been ahead of the curve on this, but fixing this problem takes a long time. And sort of the web almost one day woke up and was like, whoa, wait a second, all the content is crap. But that's not really Google's fault. That's everybody's fault. And I think what's happening with an update like this is Google being able, I hope, probably not the first time around, but maybe to take that content that we've all been incentivized to create, that not great content, and to sort of put a major kink in that, you know, in that mechanism that that allows us or propels us to write that not great content. So to come back to your question, if Google gets this right, it should impact a ton of content. Because if you think about it, we're all kind of guilty because that's sort of been the incentivization for writing content. I, I'm with you 100 percent. I want to let Dan say, um, kind of share his thoughts. One point I did want to make real quick, Dan, before you go, is this does to my in my idea tie into the new consensus update that they made with uh like the featured snippets and you know trying to identify consensus if anything i'd imagine it's almost a query that google try to identify 
consensus and to your point, Morty, would incentivize unique content that doesn't say the same garbage and gibberish um, because we have that one consensus sort of post. Dan, Dan, what do you think about all this? Yeah, I mean, that makes complete sense um, in regards to it's just an advancement on further all further things it's tried to put in place over recent years. And it's going to one of Morty's points about the amount of just detritus content on the internet as is. I can't remember how old it is, but I know Gary Ilyash has publicly said that Google thinks 60% of content nowadays anyway is duplicate, whether it be directly duplicate in terms of value proposition or beneficial purpose. One more mechanical side of this, which I find interesting, is with an e-commerce client, I'm working with in the US who, for want of a better word, they sell Pokemon cards, um, which is fun to work on, being honest. But everyone in that sector just does exactly what you'd imagine. They do a manufacturer description, um, which is often the flavor text on the card itself, and that's for PDP. Correlating with updates, going back as far as last November, there's been serious index instability, for want of a better word, around PDPs, not just with them, but other players in the market. And we started adding unique snippets of text to the prominent PDPs to add that unique element to bring through an author from their blog and strategy guides for like playing the game and stuff like that. And that has shown index stability. So going on to that, it makes sense. This is going to impact e-commerce as well as a lot of other sectors. But another side to it as well, which I think it will impact, is that we've had a massive increase in AI propensity. AI content production has become cheaper, it's become more attainable, it's become more affordable. So more people are basically just producing more and more content, regardless of quality, based on ranking, which is putting more and more into a, the ecosystem, if you like, where Google has to debug. So an update like this almost kind of feels a little bit like a Penguin-esque update for links, but this is that for the rise of enhanced and more accessible content, essentially. Yeah, that's a really, really good point. If you think about it, right, Google's going to, with the injection of more and more AI content, which goes back to the early points of like where Google talks about firsthand knowledge in the in their new guidelines, which is part of their product review update guidelines before anyway, with the injection of more and more AI content, they need to figure out a way to handle that. They, they If they can't, it's like do or, or die kind of thing, because if Google can't figure out that this is AI written content, and the, to me, they probably could figure that out because most of it's crap then what are they going to do? You're going to end up with an ecosystem that's even worse than it is now. You know, to that point, Marty, it's really interesting because it's like on the one hand, you know, Google creates its own AI content. We've seen it come up in sort of like knowledge graphs. I know uh, Cindy Crumb pointed out like like the London knowledge graph has like non-attributed content, you know, not to Wikipedia. They actually, you know, generated themselves. At the same time, in terms of catching AI content, because they're able to, um, create themselves, you'd think they'd be able to catch it. But in the local SEO world, they've struggled with um, review spam uh, all over the place, which you know is like AI generated. And that kind of, for me, makes me think that maybe they can't catch it. Maybe that's what this update is is intending to do. I'd be very curious. Dan? I mean, it might not necessarily be, but the fact it is about catching it, because I think they've I think I can't remember if it was Mulia or Ilyash or AN other from Google who said that as long as the content produced by AI is good, it doesn't mean that just because it's produced by AI is inherently bad. 
I think the issue with the locals, especially on the smaller level, is the, the propensity of it and the lack of competition. And in some local niches, we all know it's horrendous in terms of web standards, so bad content can rank. This kind of feels like they're more, more trying to attribute content closer towards the entity level of things. So if it's an individual or a company producing it, recognising um, writing styles, recognising nuances that people produce, and then actually be able to say, this is content produced by X entity, X entity has these attributions in these sectors, therefore this has value Y versus website, unknown author, random content, no written pattern matching because it's AI produced, and then working it back that way from a value prop perspective. That makes sense, Morty. I'm just curious, like, what's going to, just based on what Dan is saying, like, and something that, you know, John Mueller talked about, that's where I think he mentioned, you know, at some point, you know, uh, you know titles are going to be written by, you know, AI writers. And I think, it, I wonder if it'll take away the value from, from an SEO point of view of, of headers per se. Meaning if Google's going to say, hey, you know what? We're pretty good at identifying when and where you've used AI content, when and where it's your own voice, when and where you're, at, you're offering nuance and your own particular value. And now we're okay with you having an AI writer write a header or write a title. Because, yeah, that makes sense. Like, why not have them write a header? You know, that, that, that's fine. I wonder what that would mean from an SEO point of view for the value of these sort of things. And I kind of do that. And it's John's point. It's sort of inevitable. If Google's able to get a really good grip on what solid content written by a solid person is, then it can allow for AI written content to come in onto the page in certain places that I think are appropriate. That's a good, that's a great point. I mean, I think that, you know, when you think about content in the sense of like journalism or, you know, in terms of other types of media creation, those are things that are much more difficult to, you know, have AI create. And, you know, maybe we're in that transition stage. I think Marie Haynes uh, mentioned it like in, in one of the recent articles about how so much of this is like transitory, like we're in a nascent stage of search and, you know, maybe five, 10, 15 years down the line, we are going to get way better. Um, that said, I did want to open up the floor to anybody who's who's joining us today. We are basically talking about this Google helpful content update heads up that they're giving us. Uh, they rolled out in their, or they, it'll be rolled out next week. They basically listed out different ways that you can make content more helpful, whether that's like, you know, not focusing on word count, knowing who your audience is. And there's a lot of ambiguity in terms of what that'll actually mean during the rollout. Um, I think Andrew wanted to make a point. Feel free to invite. I'll check your message, Andrew, but more to your Dan. Any other thoughts? And anyone else who wants to join, just request. I mean, just kind of following on from what Mordy just kind of said with regards to what Google lets or what sees as the tolerance of being written by AI on the page or if the titles are headers or not, we kind of, we're going through quality rate guidelines as is. We know that Google tries to assess the beneficial purpose of a page and then uses that combined with page quality and other elements. So I kind of imagine, and this is with a tinfoil hat on, that as long as the beneficial purpose of a page and main content has that helpfulness, can be attributed and has, for the interim period in the meantime, that level of this is a real person, this is helpful, this is a unique perspective, it doesn't fly in the face of the consensus too much because I remember I think it was a 2016 Whiteboard Friday that Rand did using granola bars as an example about just basically pattern matching. In that, if granola bar talks about 
ingredients and uh, vegan friendly uh, allergens, etc. And yours doesn't, it sticks out of a data set a bit like an anomaly. So I can imagine as long as the beneficial purpose for the time being is unique and human written, then the supporting content and other supporting elements of the page and content, if that's AI written and at least accurate and well formed, that could be potentially where the threshold is. Which is good for content writers. I can now focus on the point where I can say, hey, this is where I can offer real value on the page. And the, you know, the, the generic bullet list about whatever the ingredients, like I, I can have an AI writer write that, so I don't have to do that. I can focus on what I should be focusing on. Yeah, and that makes it makes sense. It makes it scalable. And that element of you then focusing on what you should be focusing on, adding that expertise, adding that authority, adding that element to that piece of content to make it helpful, to enhance the beneficial purpose. That is something that someone who isn't an expert, isn't a writer, who relies on the AI to write it, potentially can't do. And then that also can't be attributed to your entity. And then it fills into the whole cycle of things. You know, like you know, phrasing it that way, I wonder if the real the real winner here are going to be these niche sites. You know, I, I'll these smaller kind of sites that focus on you know very particular things and do it really well, and that's like they live and breathe this particular random subtopic within like a much larger, broader topic. I wonder if those are the sites that are really going to win out in this thing. I At least for headers, right? Because. I think it'd be interesting, too, because you're thinking about different audiences to that point, Morty. I think, like, you know, you can have any topic. And, and when you're writing to a different audience for that topic, it get it gets very long tail very quickly. And so it'll be interesting to see when Google almost is, like, trying to, you know, refine your query to your audience could be, like, kind of, like, a big part of this. Andrew's joining us. Andrew, you want to make a, a quick point? Well, my first quick point is that the space is UX sucks, but the um, uh, uh, <laughs> so uh, I actually think this update, you know, kind of started in a probably a mini way uh, two or three weeks ago, um, as as happens, you know, Google tests things out on a subset of sites and then rolls it out broader. I can tell you we are seeing um, sites we're doing, let's just call it bespoke content for um, in very niche areas like going through the roof. And I've been struggling to say why that's happening other than, hey, RSE is awesome. Uh, but we have sites that are up over the last two weeks that are primarily like, let's just say B2B SaaS content type stuff, up like between 40 and like 150%. Um, uh, and um, we definitely have seen a couple of, uh, a couple of sites we added just like basic internal linking to, just like, just created like a, you know, like a, like a supernova kind of, um, conversely to Morty's point on the listicles thing, we have a, a very big client who's, um, you know, basically all their editorial is listicles and we can definitely see a degradation of their rankings, uh, over the last three weeks or something, you know, nothing dramatic, just like sliding, sliding downward. Um, and so, uh, and then I'd say every, not every, but most of the sites that we work on, particularly the local ones that have like just boilerplate insert city name here, content, definitely um, sliding. Um, so I think this thing's are already live. Um, 
are doing all sorts of things. That's a good point. It's really interesting. I almost feel bad for the mom and pop websites that really don't have any sort of like marketing framework and they were really kind of, you know, focused on, on proximity. Like I hope they're not hurt. I mean, local SEO is a different thing anyway. I'm sorry, Morty, you were going to say something? No, I was just going to say about on Andrew's point, um, a bunch of sites I've been looking at since around, I don't know, I'm terrible with remembering timeframes. I think Mayish. If you look at their their volatility, their ranking, it's, you know, you zoom out, you look at the last year, you just see like there's been so much testing back and forth, back and forth since around May time. That kind of makes me feel like, yeah, this has been going on for a while, and Google's been testing this thing out in whatever way they they do their testing out for a few months at this point. Just kind of my hunch, just based on seeing so much ranking volatility back and forth since around May time. Um, hey, Morty, I'm, I'm curious if you're able to see this at scale. Um, but um, like, are you do you do you are you able to like kind of isolate all of the data in your um, in your system by the just say location pages? Like, I'd be really curious, like the top, let's say, 100 retailers, like what's happening with their location pages, because most That's of those are super thin, like content wise. I can I can definitely take a look at the Wix side and see if there's a way to pull that out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I could do that on the Senmar side or not. But maybe, Patrick, can you answer that? Can Ahrefs pull that? <laughs> not to put you on the spot. Sorry. We also have to fax in the UX space, and it's probably going to take about five minutes. But probably, Patrick, he has to be on his phone to be able to join it because you can't do it from desktop. So, but Andrew, yeah, it's so a really, assuming it's a really it's... good. It's a really good point, like to try to like pull these things down and like kind of isolate where things have been happening, where they haven't been happening. How how do you guys anticipate? Like, so assuming they they roll this out next week and we start to see massive fluctuations, how are you thinking about analyzing the ups and downs? Like, what do you think you'll be looking for if you start to see you know your clients or your own website start to, you know drop significantly uh for for us we've created a a tagging system for our clients where we're essentially tagging pages by you know page type and kind of topic type and so we're just going to go right to that data and be like okay where are the fluctuations across all the sites we 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 have access to and then start to hone in on those but you know as as any of you work on like type scale things it's like ah, it's kind of irrelevant even if they lose like 25 percent of their traffic it's kind of like okay what's the strategy well it's the same strategy just make these things better right and there's um, yeah there's like tweaks you know maybe maybe like um i think dan said it like yeah maybe we should add snippets or something to try to um, solve this problem but what i'll be really interested in is we're working with one particularly um cheap and um struggling <laughs> retailer who's just wants to do the hackiest like content stuff and they're launching like a million pages of like insert city name product name here content and so um i'll be really interested to see like how that underperforms over the next month or two um and that'll be a, a good some good learning patrick thank you for joining us what, what do you think of all this I think it's going to be a while, and I'm just sitting here with popcorn. 
Um, what was the question for me earlier? Sorry. Around location pages, if there's a way to pull out what's been happening around, uh, I think it was location pages, right, Andrew? Yeah, I was curious if there was a way to, as like a, a cohort, like, can you can you see like, you know, location pages as a, as a group just took a hit or went up or whatever, because in general, most of them suck. Nah, I probably have to look at specific examples to see that. This, uh, I think it's going to be fascinating because I, I really think the biggest winners from this are going to be areas like Reddit where there are real user discussions going on. That and like these very micro niche blogs, like a lot of the, I don't know, like in SEO, if you think about folks that write very rarely, like Oliver Mason or Paul Shapiro, I think those are going to be surfaced more a lot, a lot in this. Yeah, the other thing I'd be, I'd be curious to your point about Reddit, because it's like so many people talk about how they use Reddit almost more as a search engine than Google these days. Um, you know, will will Google want to surface that? Same with TikTok. You know, like, like obviously they're making major SEO plays. And so I wonder if all of a sudden that Google will consider TikTok content helpful. Yeah, I just mean, I, I, this particular update, I just don't see like those kind of, Forum, or not, not, like Reddit might be something different in Quora. I mean, well, not Quora, but maybe Reddit. But something like TikTok, I'm just not sure. Like, that seems to be like a different kind of like question around like uh, intent. Do you know, does this user really want to get all really short, quick to the point um, answer in video form? I don't know if that's exactly what this update is going to go after. Also, to that point on TikTok, I kind of don't think it'd be in Google's interest to do that because over the past few years they've invested quite heavily, seemingly anyway, in understanding the contents of YouTube videos and then being able to say how to hang a picture frame, exactly where in the video that point is, most replay points, etc. So, to, I mean, obviously Google will save it, save it neutral till the cows come home, but it kind of seems counterintuitive them to push someone to someone else's video space when they're trying to copy TikTok and push their own. Makes sense. It, it makes sense, both of y'all, in terms of that. It's, uh, you know, they, you see it with the, with the short videos coming up and Reels and TikTok, and maybe, you know, obviously Google doesn't care that much about being, you know, distributing the wealth uh, beyond YouTube. Uh, Monsi, Matt, thank you for joining us. Y'all have any thoughts on what's going to happen? Yeah, I just had a, wanted to kind of build upon what Andrew was talking about earlier about, you know, you know, seeing how it's, they've probably been testing things and whatnot. And um, on my end, we've been seeing a lot of um, great results with like FAQ type content, like custom FAQs, whether it's local or for, you know, um, you know, big enterprise type sites. So, you know, FAQ content that's customized for, you know, each individual location or product, whatever. And then also, you know, that with FAQ markup, we've seen just like a lot of like really great results over the past, you know, 
since probably like April, I feel like there's been a boost since then. So I'm just kind of throwing a question out to the group. Like, you know, do you think that, you know, the FAQ type stuff that people have been working on quite a bit is going to be something that's going to be helpful for us as well with this update? I kind of wonder if, you know, to that on heavy transactional commercial pages, if having a little bit of informational content is going to go a much longer way now, right? Because again, like you have so many land, another category of page where I can see this really impacting is, you know, these sort of um, landing pages where it's basically snippet of content, buy now, snippet of content, buy now without adding much value or being helpful to the actual user. Because I think people in general get a little over anxious with those CTAs because, hey, it's a conversion kind of page. You have to actually make the transaction action but in order to make that transaction if you zoom out a little bit you have information to the user so they feel comfortable making that transaction which i generally find lacking on a lot of landing pages so it could be that kind of faq kind of content might go a long way be interesting to see yeah i think it'll be interesting just to keep track of things all i know on our end will be uh you know, just keeping a really close eye on where we're seeing things and, you know, looking at the areas where we've seen really good boost just to see if that's going to be continuing or plateauing or going down. But I think there's, you know, I think someone mentioned it earlier, just quality over the next couple of weeks in the, in the search is going to be fun to watch. <laughs> fun in air quotes for some people. Yeah, it was it was interesting too with the product review updates. Um, in terms of like they're trying to give their advice of authentic experience, like trying out the actual products, and then you saw a bunch of people still embedding like, YouTube videos that weren't their own. They were you know kind of lifted from somebody else. And in this uh, you know in this blog post they wrote you know do you uh, does your content clearly demonstrate firsthand ex expertise and the depth of knowledge? For example, expertise that comes from having actually used a product or service or visiting a place. From the recent product review updates, have you guys have they solved that in your guys' opinion, or is that something that you know they're claiming they're going to be able to identify whether it's original, you know, media content that shows that you've actually done it versus just lifting it from another location? So I don't know if you could say across the board or not, but I've definitely seen instances where you have a much smaller kind of niche site ranking for the product review versus one of these, one of these juggernaut kind of sites who are just spitting out these product reviews. Not to say that they're, they're terribly bad reviews necessarily, but they're definitely lacking a certain level of nuance that a more niche kind of page offers. And I've definitely seen a bunch of those cases where those niche sites are ranking out. And I speculated back then, and, you know, I think, I think I talked with Lily Ray on Twitter about at one point where, again, like Google's looking at language structure and saying, hey, there's no way you actually really use this. It's pretty, pretty dark language structure. So, so, so unlikely, at least at this point, at least, at least so far when it comes to product reviews and the affiliate sites. I think it's out there. I don't know. I don't, I wouldn't say that, you know, the, the last product review, I'm not content the last one, the, what was it? The, the November one mm -hmm. or the one, the, the last real one that actually kind of rolled out. I think something that got completely messed up, which again has a lot more context now that they're announcing another update and then another product update right after it. But definitely, you know, the last, I think it was, I, it was a November one, right? I'm terrible with dates. That one, there was definitely some teeth in them, like saying like, hey, look, like this site's definitely more nuanced, definitely more in depth with their write-up 
versus this other page, which is not a bad page. If you looked at it in terms of, you know, what a general person would think is okay web content, because we're so trained to think this crap is okay web content. You wouldn't look at that page and be like, wow, this is terrible. Like, yeah, all right, this is a you know, fairly typical web page. But a bunch of those cases, from these very big domains, Google actually killed off their rankings a bit, at least on their page one rankings, for those kinds of pages in favor of smaller, more niche sites. Because I think Google did see the more nuanced usage of language in them. But then again, like, I'm just speculating a little bit. But then you see Google talk about that very thing here. And it kind of adds some context to what I saw back in November. But that's anecdotal, just what I saw. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's it's going to be interesting. So we've got this coming out next week. We've got a few months before Friday in the big holiday season. Um, it'd be very interesting to do like sentiment analysis, almost like a, a Google search MPS of how people feel about the results before and after this. And I'm sure they're doing their testing. Um, any last points? I actually have to have to head out. This was a really fun, impromptu Twitter space, and I love to do more of this. But any of the folks who are up there or listening, anything you want to say about this before we all enjoy the rest of our Thursday? May the force be with you. It's not May, it's August. Sorry, bad joke. Anyway, uh... <laughs> drop. Okay. Well, on that note, thanks y'all for 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 chilling today and hanging out and and I I'm excited. Maybe we do this again, Morty, in like a week or two once. Uh, you start seeing some some serious volatility in the SERPs and we can start uh, discussing what what the what the freak out, you know, we'll all do that. This is fine gif with any of us who with clients who are <laughs> seeing things go down. But thank you all for joining us. This has been fun. Thanks, Patrick, Monty, Matt, Andrew already bounced. Um, see y'all, Noah, Debbie, a lot of familiar faces here. Brian, Dan, Sophie, awesome. Thank you all for coming by. Y'all have a re- great rest of your day and uh, yeah, check you later. Peace.